We are continuing our Optimist podcast series with the breakdown of the Optimist Creed and how to live a better optimistic life. It is my pleasure to introduce my friend at this time, who was international president in 2018-2019 and was international president when I was president of my local Optimist Club, Rebecca Butler-Mona. Rebecca, thanks for being on with us today. Hey, Shane. Great to be here. Good to see you again. It's good to see you, too. And I'm excited to talk about all the uh, all the things we're going to you know talk about today. But we're going to talk about something very special in particular. I want people to know what your Optimist story is and how you became involved with Optimist International as a member. Okay, happy to share, um, Shane. So this um this goes way back, probably before you were born. But uh, we'll I'm see actually, how far back. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually a, a charter member of the Noon Optimist Club of Western Des Moines, which started in May of 1989. And um, I got involved, um, actually, it was just a few years out of college. I'd always been very active in my school and community in, in my hometown and in college and so on. But I hadn't, hadn't really found that place yet when I'd gotten out of college and was working. And I was contacted by a college friend of mine. He said, hey, we're building this new Optimist Club, and I think you should really check it out. And um, I'd heard of it. We had one in my hometown. And so I went and, um, you know, they were still in the process, but there were a lot of great people, a lot of young professionals, mix of men and women. I decided to get involved in it and uh, was on the board and we got the club started. And then before we even had our charter banquet, our charter president, who'd been at this for like a year, got transferred to another town. Next thing I knew, I was president. And so um, and it just was a lot of fun. Um, it turned out our convention that year was in Des and I met people from other clubs and just uh, made a lot of great friends that are still friends today. A couple of years later, I was serving as lieutenant governor and membership chair for my club. And, um, you know, we were having this, what we called now program, new Optimist welcome. And among the guests there, there was this guy whose name was Mike, um, who, uh, who came there and he kept showing up, but he hadn't joined. And one day he called and left me a message and said, uh, you know, I um, I still have some questions about the Optimist Club. I wonder if you'd go to lunch with me on Friday. And that's so I went because, you know, it was like my obligation. Well, that was my now husband, Mike Mona, who you know. Um, and that's how we met. He was a guest at an OWL program. Um, he ended up serving as the first, first man when I was governor a few years later in 93, 94. And then we actually got married at the beginning of the year that I served as Optimist International Vice President in 98, 99. So that was October 3rd of 98. We just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary and, uh, you know, stayed involved at, certainly at a local level um, and, you know, with our district and international over the years. But importantly, both our kids, Amanda and Alex, who I know you've met, Shane, um, they've grown up in the Optimist Club and, you know, going to conventions and activities and, and being part of it. Um, we started a junior Optimist Club when they were in high school, which um, was a great blessing to them and, and to me. And that's still going on today. And, uh, you know, I have so many stories I could tell from involvement over the years, but uh, in terms of leading up to being president, um, you know, with a very demanding career with IBM and with those two kids, you know, I'd been approached a few times over the years and just said, you know, I just can't see how I could do it. Something would have to give. I either need to wait till my kids are out of school or I retire or something. And then the stars and planets kind of aligned in 2017. I retired from IBM July 1st after 32 years. And that's the day I was officially elected um, Optimus International President-elect. And it was just a fabulous journey. And um, it's been um, 
truly a, a blessing in uh, in my life. Well, I do have to say, I was in diapers when you did form your club, so I was uh, I was <laughs> I was around. So, uh, but um, no, I've met your whole family, and I think your daughter uh, actually gave me the uh, thumbs up when I did the dance competition during our uh, Optimist convention in Louisville. So uh, which you won? I did win. I did. I did win that when I flipped my partner over, and everybody else couldn't do that. <laughs> Yeah. That was, now on your journey impressive. to being on your journey to being president, obviously, you know, you can start at different stages, but you went from vice president and kind of worked your way up. Did you serve on any committees or what was kind of your journey to become president? Uh, yeah, great question. So um, I've served on many committees, actually, even right after being governor before I was vice president in that like five year span, I served on several committees, um, including um, programs or activities, um, you know, governance and things like that. Um, and then I served as, you know, either on a committee or as committee chair every year from the time I was international vice president to serving as president 20 years later. Um, a number of those um, I did several times, you know, governance, which actually when I first did it was constitution and bylaws. And there were some other committees we ended up combining together. Um, I've chaired credentials. I've, I've chaired marketing several times. Um, I also served on the candidate qualifications committee. I, I think I might be the only person who was appointed to that for a three-year term by two different presidents. Um, and I agreed to do that. It's very important. Um, but I also knew by doing that, I sort of took myself out of the running for consideration, you know, for another office, which for me at that point would have just been, um, you know, really serving as president. Um, but I, I felt that that was a, an important role to play. Um, I also did end up agreeing to serve on the board. So prior to being president, I had been elected to the board of directors and served in that role too. Okay. So hope that helps. And also too, one of the things that we talk about is, um, you know, anybody can become Optimist International president. It's when, you know, we start out as members and this journey can take you as far as you want to go. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, what I encourage people to do is if you have an interest in future leadership roles, um, let somebody know, um, you know, let your let your governor know, um, feel free to reach out to if you have an international rep who's coming into your district and you're at a district conference, whether that's a vice president or a committee chair, whoever it is, um, let them know you're interested in, in future leadership opportunities. Um, get involved in, you know, committee roles within your your own district. St certainly stay involved at a local level. But um, but yeah, raise your hand and uh, let people know you'd like to be considered. You know, maybe you could even do like a workshop at convention or something like that. And um, you know, we're always looking for future leaders that we can develop and provide opportunities to going forward. That's absolutely true. And that's one of the things I've been fortunate about is I've had a lot of leaders help me develop skills to make me a better optimist and just a better person in general. Yeah. And that's that's a really good point, Shane. I think um, you know, that idea of developing to be a better person, you know, not only through more structured programs that we have, like our, you know, personal development program or our uh, personal growth and, and involvement, you know, those kinds of things. But, you know, just by virtue of interacting with other positive people to do things that make a difference in your community, that helps make us a better person. Which, you know, uh, along the way, you obviously meet lots of people when you're international president and people are stunned, you know, that you come to a meeting or even take the time to visit with them. But what was one of your fondest memories that really sticks out to you about your year as international president? 
Uh, was there question. one in particular? Um, you know, I may cheat on this one a little bit, Shane, and I'm going to say our convention. So it's not one moment, but it'll let me share a few things with you. I mean, certainly throughout the journey, um, I, I met wonderful people and had a chance to see the impact that they were having on local communities and local kids, you know, just throughout the organization across the U.S., Canada and the Caribbean, and also had a lot of interaction with some of our club members who are in places like, you know, Uganda and Nepal and so on, which was fantastic. But I also had a chance to have my family along with me on a lot of this journey, which was great. But, you know, with this being the centennial year, I, I thought that was such an important occasion, such a milestone in our history to really try and make the most of that and, um, you know, hopefully help instill pride in our members and encourage them to share with others. So we looked for opportunities to do that throughout the year. But we also utilized our convention as kind of a chance to bring a lot of that together, um, not only to make a difference to our members, but also to the broader community. So um, as you may remember, our very first international convention was in Louisville, Kentucky in 1919. And we went back there for our convention in 2019. And so along the way, there were a few things that we did that I thought were really special and I'm, I'm really proud of. You know, one is um, I asked my friend and fellow past president, Dave Bruns, who's a judge in Kansas, but he's a bit of a historian himself and a great storyteller, asked him if he would write a book about our first hundred years of optimism. And he did that. And we we premiered that at the International Convention in Louisville. It's called Bringing Out the Best, the First Century of Optimist International. Um, and if you haven't seen that, I encourage you to check it out. It's available on Amazon. Um, we also had a kind of pictorial magazine version. It was a, like a historical timeline that we produced there. Um, we did a bit of a fun skit. Um, you know, my family kind of played characters from Back to the Future, and we had this live timeline on stage featuring a lot of past international presidents, but also future leaders and some junior optimist international presidents, and sort of played out the each decade of optimism, what was happening in the world and what happened for us, and then kind of a look ahead. Um, we also had, uh, working with our Optimist Foundation, we uh, produced a centennial coin and used the proceeds from that to establish a grant fund for our childhood health and wellness program, which is an expansion of our childhood cancer program. And that's produced, you know, grant funding for many clubs since then. Um, but I'm especially proud of the impact we left behind. And, you know, I thought it was important with the occasion of bringing us together with over 1300 of us in one place to have a positive impact left behind. So there are a couple of things we did um, that had never been done before. One is uh, with the support of our past presidents for funding, we put together a historical marker that is um, like you see in landmarks around the country at the site of our original convention. And to kick off our convention, we had a little bit of a parade through downtown to where we unveiled that marker and had a little ceremony there with some officials from the city as well as some of our past presidents and that was really special as a moment and you know my my family was involved even my mom was there that for me was really cool um but we also um did something to leave behind to serve kids um we involved a family um jeff hansen and his parents hal and julie hansen um, if, for those who weren't there, um, they also served as a keynote for us. But um, Jeff has an amazing story. He was a young artist who, you know, kind of became an artist by accident. He he had a a rare 
um, neurological type of cancer that also affected his vision. And he discovered he had a talent for art as he was painting thank you notes to people over the years. And he ended up raising some money, decided to make this kind of a mission and had a goal to raise a million dollars for charity by the time he was 20, which he did. And then he raised the bar and set a goal to raise $10 million by the time he was 30. And when he spoke to us, he's well on his way. Um, we also commissioned him to produce some art that was geared towards kids. And we unveiled that at the Ronald McDonald House of Kentuckiana during our convention. Uh, and it was just so moving to see these little kids touching the art and see it really brightening the days for the families that were there. And um, that ended up leading to a partnership between Jeff Hansen Art and our foundation for their 50th anniversary. Um, and, you know, they did some very special things. Um, and sadly, Jeff's cancer returned. And at 27, he passed away in late 2020. But his, you know, his mission lives on. And, um, you know, his mom is actually from my hometown. I've known her since we were kids. Um, I'm, that for me was really moving as well to have them involved and see the impact they had on all of the optimists who were there, but also on the families that are being served by the art we left behind at the Ronald McDonald House. Which, you know, when we talk about Jeff, because I do have that commemorative tie from the foundation, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, he was, we consider him a friend to optimism, and Jeff had an amazing story. Let's talk a little bit about your line of the creed is to make all your friends feel that there is something in them. Talk about a way to segue right into what we're talking about today. Yeah, that's... um. I love that line. And, you know, I guess uh, for me, it is so much in keeping with when we talk about, you know, helping to bring out the best in people, you know, it's, it's fundamentally right there. And it, it's really always been my philosophy. And I think I would consider, I'll say friend broadly defined, you know, think about this as, you know, all the people you have interaction with, you know, to really help them see the best in themselves you know, to look for that positive and, you know, help them bring that out. And, you know, when we have the opportunity to also help develop, um, you know, future leaders and, and, you know, help them have that belief. So for me, you know, that's been true, certainly as an optimist, um, you know, at a local level, um, you know, working within my, my own club and my community um, and, and, you know, in the various district international roles, you know, really trying, you know, like we talked about earlier in the conversation, um, Shane, you know, to help um, identify people who have potential and help them see that and believe that in themselves and then develop them. Um, I've also really tried to do that throughout my professional career, um, had the opportunity to to be a manager and executive at IBM for many years. And really one of my favorite parts of my job was, you know, developing people who work for me to help them advance their themselves, their skills and in their potential, and also a lot of informal mentoring. And, and now I actually do um, like healthy lifestyle coaching. And I try to do that for, for people as well, you know, really help them to believe in themselves and to uh, achieve their goals, whatever those goals may be. And that's like, you know, like we said, if you make somebody feel that there's something in them that, that, it could start out as like a small little fire and you just kind of hone that fire in and do some stuff. And sure enough, before you know it, you have a locomotive full of stuff running and all the pistons firing. It just, it's amazing. Just if somebody believes in you, what you can accomplish if you mentor them and lead them in the right direction. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, Shane, you can probably relate to this because I know your daughter Jenna is involved with Junior Optimus. One of my favorite ways to do that 
is with our junior optimists. And, you know, since getting involved with that, um, you know, as uh, as president-elect and so on, you know, working directly with our joy board, but also importantly, working with my own kids as the advisor when our group started, uh, which I'm still the advisor for. And we've had, you know, like 25 new kids this year. It's so great to see them still on fire. Um, and then we also have um, an elementary school uh, group of junior optimists that our club supports. But what I love about working with junior optimists is that you have the opportunity to serve both to those kids and through them as they serve others. And to see them, as you said, you know, find that spark and begin to believe and see them step into growth um, and expanding their positive impact. I, I don't know that there's anything more rewarding than that. So um, it's just been um, something I've truly enjoyed and probably my my uh, last several years of um, optimist passion um, really is centered around our junior optimists, and um, it's been a it's been a joy, and I mean that literally. No, it's been a fun journey to start with me to see Jenna following in my footsteps of being in community involvement, like you said, with the Joy Club, and just to see her grow as a leader. And sometimes she always doesn't believe what I say, but you know she, we need to be a, realize that sometimes they need to figure stuff out on their own, also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fine line, right? Because it's sometimes easier to, you know, to tell somebody something or to even do it for them, but so much more rewarding if we can maybe coach them a little bit, you know, ask them some questions, you know, well, have you thought about this? Or what if you considered this way? And then let them make those discoveries. And um, much like parenting, I guess, you know, sometimes we also need to let them make a mistake as long as it's not something that's going to be, you know, harmful, but, mm -hmm. um, but that's part of learning. And also, you know, when we talk about these, these creed series where you want to tell people to live the optimist creed, you know, you're, you've, you've also, you know, like you said, mentored people as leaders and optimists, but now you're doing that in your professional life again, in your coaching career, you know, so when you really practice and live the optimist creed, it can really have effects all the way around in many positive ways. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I've, I've, um, I've read a lot of books and listened to a lot of audio books and podcasts that talk about the importance of, um, you know, a, a positive outlook and having a growth mindset. And, you know, as I listen to a lot of these, I'm like, you know, that this is really largely what we try to live and be and do as optimists. And, you know, it's, it's sort of like the underlying foundation for a lot of what people teach is what we do, you know, or what we do if we are living as the best version of ourselves as optimists, right? So I completely agree with you. Um, and, you know, if we can look for the best in others and help them feel that they bring that, you know, that they have that, um, you know, that's a wonderful way to live. And the more that we practice living the optimist creed, just the better our life will be all the time and all the way around. Completely agree. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's more than a philosophy. It is a philosophy, but it really is most meaningful and most impactful when it is what we use to guide our daily life. And I know we're talking about this one particular stanza or tenet of the creed today, but, um, you know, they're, they're all incredibly meaningful. Some of them challenge us more than others, right? Um, but, uh, but each of them has incredible merit. And I'm just really grateful that Christian D. Larson wrote this for us um, about 100 years ago. And um, it's become something that really is a, a guiding force 
uh, for daily living for, for all of us. Well, and that's the nice thing, hopefully, that people take from this Creed series is it's amazing how much all the tenants of the creed tie together to make people really stop and think about what they're doing and how they're doing things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And, um, you know, every once in a while, we might catch ourselves um, perhaps uh, perhaps making a comment or having a thought that doesn't line up so well. So it's, it's always good to give ourselves a little bit of a challenge and uh, hopefully some positive inspiration. And I love too that when people see it who haven't, you know, maybe see it for the first time. Like, for example, um, you know, a guest who comes to an optimist meeting, maybe one of our speakers. Um, I, I bet you have examples too, Shane. I, I can't even tell you how many times people have been literally moved and, you know, inspired by that. And we often, as I think many optimist clubs do, give like one of our ceramic optimist creed tiles as a gift to our speakers. And, and they, they truly appreciate it um, because it is, it is something anyone can live by and, um, and really have it make a difference in their life and in the lives of the people they interact with. Well, and also just passing along that good message to make other people think about things in their life, to stop and think, you know, maybe they could always be better as well. You don't have to be an optimist just to appreciate how much the creed speaks when you really stop and think about it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, one of the really powerful examples that I remember hearing, um, it's been a few years ago, I think that since it came out, and you may have heard it before too, Shane, but um, Denzel Washington, who is, you know, arguably one of the best actors of our time and an incredibly compelling and powerful speaker, um, actually quoted our Optimus Creed in, you know, giving a speech himself on really how to live. And um, that was, I think it was a, an inspirational speaker who shared it, but it was Denzel Washington's words. And um, that's to me just another example of someone, you know, in a position of influence who discovers our Optimus Creed and finds true meaning and shares it. And um, so, you know, I would encourage each of us to be not only living it, but yeah, sharing it at every opportunity that we have. Rebecca, I cannot tell you how much it's been fun visiting with you today and kind of reminiscing some of our stuff that we did when we were in Louisville. Uh, and just, it's it's awesome to be able to count you as a friend. And I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Shane. It was, it was great to be with you in Louisville. Um, my kids will remember you on the dance floor. It's been great to see you visiting your district since then. And, you know, wonderful to, to watch your family grow and to see Jenna, you know, take on the enthusiasm for optimism inspired by you, which is, is wonderful, you know, so um Wishing you all the best, and um, I look forward to the next opportunity to cross paths with you and your family, Shane. We appreciate it, Rebecca, and I can, like I said, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you taking the time to be on this podcast to help us spread our optimism message to everyone that wants to lead a better and optimistic life. Well, thanks very much. I wish all the best to all of our Optimist listeners. Um, I hope that each of you are having a wonderful experience in your local Optimist Club. I encourage you to uh, do what you can to bring your personal best um, to everything you do. I mean, Shane, as you may remember, when I was international president, my theme, besides kind of our broader centennial theme around you know, the next century, bring out the best in the next century, you know, my personal theme was promise yourself. And that was really about, you know, kind of, hearkening back to our Optimus Creed, but also that 
personal commitment that we each make to bring out the best in ourselves and in those we interact with, which is really around living the creed. So um, I'd like to encourage everyone to continue to do that. And thanks for the opportunity to share today. And we appreciate you taking the time to share with us. Please join us in reciting the Optimist Creed with our past international presidents. Promise yourself to be so strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind. To talk health, happiness, and prosperity to every person you meet. To make all your friends feel that there is something in them. To look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true. To think only of the best, to work only for the best, and to expect only the best. To be just as enthusiastic about the success of others as you are about your own. To forget the mistakes of the past and press on to the greater achievements of the future. To wear a cheerful countenance at all times and give every living creature you meet a smile. To give so much time to the improvement of yourself that you have no time to criticize others. To be too large for worry, too noble for anger, too strong for fear, and too happy to prevent the presence of trouble. Thank you for listening to this series focused on the Optimist Creed. The Optimist Creed is the official creed of Optimist International adopted in 1922. The creed is something that every member of Optimist International strives to follow. To find out more about the opportunities of Optimist International, please visit our website or better yet, find a local Optimist club in your area to start helping make the world a better place.